everyone. Welcome to Every Great Adventure Begins as a Dream. I'm your host, Donna, a baby boomer and somewhere in the vicinity of a senior citizen. Although I've traveled a lot, there's still a lot of world out there for me to see. Since I'm not getting any younger, I've got to keep going to see as much as I can before I can't. So let's dream together and plan your next great adventure. Today's adventure, exploring Greece. The warm summer of Newport, Rhode Island had changed to fall and winter was well on its way. My four months of naval officer training was coming to an end and finally, my assignment had come in. I was going to spend another six weeks in Newport attending communication officers training and then I'd head off to Neomachri, Greece for the next two years. There was just one problem. Where in Greece was Neomachri? 1983 was still pre-internet, so I did what we did in the old days and headed over to the library and did some research. It turned out that Neomachri was a little village about 25 miles northeast of Athens. Now I could get excited. Once I completed my follow-up training, I was on my way. Leaving the bitter cold of Newport at the end of January was not heartbreaking. I was going to the Med, and it had to be warmer there. As in the Navy way, I was met at the airport by a fellow officer from my command. I went to the base and got checked in and then went to the hotel where I would stay until I was able to find local housing. It would be about six weeks before my furniture and household goods arrived, so there was no rush to find a place to live. The first weekend I was there, a group of officers from the base were going to Corinth and asked if I'd like to join them. As we were driving through Athens on the way to Corinth, I noticed a building on a hill in the center of town. I said to someone, that looks a lot like the Parthenon. The answer was, that's probably because it is the Parthenon. All the pictures I had ever seen showed the Parthenon up on a hill in what appeared to be the middle of nowhere. Nope, there it was, smack dab in the middle of a major metropolitan city. This was the first of many eye-opening experiences I had in Greece. I'll admit my first few weeks in Neomachri were a little lonely. It took a while to make friends. The base was small, just over 300 military and maybe 50 civilian employees. I was in the communications department, and our working schedule was four 12-hour day shifts. Then we had 24 hours off, and then we had four 12-hour night shifts, which were followed by four days off. The night shifts were long, but when you had your four days off, it was great. You could really go out and explore the area. Neomachri had very little public transportation, and since I lived off base, I needed a car to get around. I went to Athens and bought a 12-year-old car from a person who lived there. Driving in the country wasn't bad, but aggressive driving was required in Athens. Although it was out of my comfort zone, it was necessary. My little orange Volvo and I traveled thousands of miles around Greece without an accident. At the time I lived in Greece, there was no signage in English. Everything was written in Greek. I learned the Greek alphabet and how to sound out words, which did help in getting around. Typically, though, I'd drive past a place before my brain could translate the letters, so I did a lot of going around the block to get back to where I needed to be. But at least I could find the places I was going. Even though it wasn't always easy, I was able to explore Greece and get by with my limited Greek. I learned that there are ways to communicate without speaking the same language. A smile is always understood. 
In mid-April, I met Art. At the time, he was a lieutenant commander in the Navy Reserves who had come to our base from Ohio to do an electrical study. He was scheduled to be there for two weeks. During that time, we fell in love. He stayed an additional two weeks after completing his work. Now, for those of you who don't know the story, Art went back to Ohio, and four months later, I flew to Ohio and we were married. Then I went back to Greece for the next 14 months while he stayed in Ohio. Now, of course, Art did come to visit during those 14 months, as did family and friends, and we explored a lot of Greece that was within a day's drive of Neomakri. If you visit Athens, it's a great base for exploring Greece. All the places I'm going to share with you are easy to get to from Athens. There's good public transportation within the city, so you won't need a rental car. Although there are day tours to the locations outside of Athens, you could easily rent a car and drive there on your own. Flights to the islands are readily available, and many only take about an hour each way. I think spring is probably the best time to explore Greece. Around Athens, the winter months, November to February, can be gray and damp. The temperature begins to warm up around March and stays pleasant through October. However, Athens can get very hot in the summer. As I said earlier, the Acropolis is right in the middle of downtown Athens. There's more than just the Parthenon located at the Acropolis. The Temple of Athena Nike and the Erechtheion with the Porch of Maidens are both there. As you come down the hill, you'll find the Theater of Dionysus and the Odeon Herodes Atticus. Although I've not visited it, the nearby Acropolis Museum looks interesting and perhaps worth a visit. Once you leave the Acropolis, head on over to Hadrian's Arch. Here you'll also see my favorite ruins in Athens, the Temple of Olympian Zeus. From here you can walk to the Panathenaic Stadium, the home of the first modern Olympics in 1896. Near Syntagma Square, I recommend watching the changing of the guard at the Monument of the Unknown Soldier. Not too far away from here is the Banaki Museum, which was a must for my guests. No visit to Athens is complete without visiting Monastiraki so everyone can get their Greek souvenirs. You'll find numerous restaurants and tavernas in the nearby Plaka. There were a few favorite restaurants we'd frequent in this area, but unfortunately, I don't think any of them exist today. Still in Athens, but not close enough to go on foot, is Lycabettus Hill. Take the cable car up, or walk if you're adventurous, to the top for one of the best views of Athens. If you want to have a special meal, there's a really nice restaurant at the top of the hill. It's a beautiful place to be when the sun sets over Athens. Art always gets a kick out of telling people that our first date was a three-island cruise in the Med. Although technically correct, don't be too impressed. It's a one-day cruise that goes to Idra, Poros, and Aegina, not far off the coast of Greece. If your trip to Greece doesn't include a visit to an island, Take the three-island cruise from the Athens port town of Piraeus. It's a nice day and a great way to get a glimpse of life on the islands of Greece. My favorite place to take my guests in all of Greece was Corinth, located southwest of Athens. I'll admit, I had a hard time wrapping my head around how old things were in Greece. In America, something 200 years old is considered old, really old. I'll never forget my amazement when I realized that Corinth was from biblical times. There's a marker in Corinth with 1 Corinthians 13 engraved on it. Even Art, who I think is one of the smartest people I know, looked at me and said, Why is this marker here? My reply, This is Corinth. You know, where they read Paul's letter to the Corinthians? You could see the reality hit him. 
This place was old, really, really old. Just a bit farther from Corinth is Epidavros, the home of Greek theater, with its open-air theater possessing perfect acoustics. Yep, another place I had read about in some history book somewhere during my education. But here I was, live and in person. One time I took some friends who came to visit, and we watched a play here. The play was in Greek, surprise, and so boring, we struggled to stay awake. However, I can say that I saw a play at the ancient Greek theater in Epidavros. Also, fairly close by is Mycenae, that place of ancient marvels. Built around 1249 B.C., the Lion Gate still stands today. Seriously, Greece has earthquakes. How is this thing still intact? I'm not sure, but I have seen it, and it's amazing. On one of my mom's visits, we ventured a little farther and went to Olympia, which required an overnight stay. Olympia was the location of the ancient Olympic Games. Although the modern Olympics are modeled after the ancient Games, I doubt it was anything like what we see today. If you go, make sure to include a visit to the museum here as well. Another favorite spot to visit was the Temple of Poseidon in Sunion, which is about 45 minutes from Athens. It's fairly isolated, but simply beautiful, especially at sunset. It's said that Lord Byron visited here and scratched his name in the marble. Although I've seen it, I'm not sure he would have defaced this beautiful place, but someone wants us to believe he did. Although most of my exploration of Greece took me south of Athens, I did make the drive north to Delphi, which in ancient times was thought to be the center of the universe. It was here the all-knowing oracle would make proclamations to the people. Again, a place I had read about in history books, yet never thought I'd see in person. Delphi is a more mountainous area with beautiful countryside, not too far from Athens. It was on our trip to Delphi I had a most humbling experience. We went to a restaurant after visiting the ancient site. We were the only guests there, and a lovely young lady came over to take our order. Unfortunately, the menus were only in Greek. I knew a few of the menu items, but this one had me stumped. The waitress did not speak enough English to translate for us. Sprechen Sie Deutsch? No. Parlez-vous Francais? No. Habla Espanol? No. She just sighed. I can only imagine what she thought. She could speak four languages, and we could only speak one. Then she crooked her finger at us, signaling for us to follow her. She took us into the kitchen and lifted the lids on the pots. We pointed to what we wanted and had a most wonderful meal. Adopting the Euro in 2001 and the Olympic Games of 2004 has brought a lot of changes to Greece. When Art and I finally made it back in 2009, we found it to be much changed from when I lived there. When I lived in Greece, there were no franchises. Now you'll find McDonald's and KFC restaurants sprinkled around. Modern, divided highways have replaced the simple two-lane roads. There are ATMs and a new modern airport. Signage is often in both Greek and English. The sleepy little village where I lived now has stoplights and is congested with traffic. With the U.S. Navy gone, the base, for the most part, is deserted. Yes, I was disappointed to see that things weren't as I remembered them. The modern world had finally come to Greece. I realize our world is constantly evolving, becoming more universal, which unfortunately sometimes means less unique and special. 
You know, as a student, I wasn't a fan of my world history or Western civilization classes, but exploring Greece allowed all those bits and pieces of information I learned to finally fall into place. So go for the history, go for the beauty, or go for the food. Whatever the reason, just go explore Greece for yourself. I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you did, be sure to share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss an episode. For more inspiration, visit my website, everygreatadventure.com, where you can also read my blog and see my travel photos. You'll find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest as Every Great Adventure. I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email. My address, Donna at everygreatadventure.com. Until next time, keep dreaming of your next great adventure.